Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your song. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Matt, I am so curious your thoughts on this song because we talked about This Is The Life last week and I talked about how that, mo- that, that song isn't really a funny song by any stretch of the imagination, but it gives me like good feelings. I've got a big smile on my face and I love it. And I feel like cable TV kind of falls in the same category where it's like, I don't really think that this song is particularly funny, but like I don't hate when it's on, but it is never the owl track that I'm like, ooh, I gotta listen to cable TV. Like yeah. it's not a go-to for me. So this song is one of the few originals that wound up on the TV album. Okay. Of the legendary barely authorized owl <laughs> <Al> compilations <laughs> of the I guess that was early nineties. So I did know this from an early age, but yeah, I mean this is I don't know. Yeah, it it's weird to think now, like so much time is removed that at the time he recorded this, cable TV was a novelty because it was so new. And kind of hilariously, it's a novelty again now. <laughs> We've gone so far past it. My note was like, man, remember when having 83 channels seemed excessive? Like, I know. There was such a time here where it was like people were talking about like, oh, are we overloaded on entertainment? And now it's like, oh, man, if they only knew if they how only... bad it was going to get. Like now all of these things, I mean, the the uh, the depth of how many, uh, I mean, we don't, cable has 
I'm not going to say it's died, but it is n certainly not what it was. But we have just as many channels and options in a different format on internet now. So yeah, no, it's it's almost now. Now I really do think it's excessive because I think that it is physically impossible for you to be involved in every cultural conversation. You can, yeah, you, you can. Know, like, I mean, <laughs> there are these stations like you know, like Hulu has their own like live TV thing that they do, yeah. and there's so many channels. Like I use Plex. Yeah. And Plex has Plex TV, which has these channels that are like they say that they're live, but it's really just like a, a, a looped broadcast. They have a whole channel of nothing but like fail videos from YouTube. Yeah. 24 hours a day of just people like falling down. Well, then, I mean, it is so much worse than anything Al could have ever imagined. Well, so I'm going to date when we're recording this. Right. But okay. at the time that we're recording this, they just announced that on Peacock, we are going to get our community movie next year that the prediction of six seasons in a movie has come true. Did they officially They're, announce it? They announced it literally an hour ago. Are Joel McHale posted a thing about it. I saw yesterday on Facebook that the community, I don't know. I'm surprised I even follow community on Facebook, but apparently yeah. I do did a post of just the snippet from the uh, episode where Abed yells six, six seasons in a movie. But here's what I was going to get to with wow. that whole, the reason I'm bringing that up, is because we had so many streaming sites. I was a diehard community fan, and I was yeah. so excited when I heard that they got picked up for a sixth season. And then I heard it was on some Yahoo streaming site, and I literally yeah. thought to myself, well, I guess I'll <laughs> never see that. <laughs> like, we talked about that a little bit, how concerned we are that the Owl movie is on the Roku channel. <laughs> yeah, like, um, it, it, yeah it, I mean, it's uh, we've it been burned now. We've now seen what happens with these... these uh, uh, streaming providers like they go under and then the rights become confusing and it's yeah yeah it this is, isn't even like a this isn't even like a dvd going out of print and having to pay more on ebay to get it this is like they're gone like if someone doesn't like take these and save them locally on a computer it's it's just yeah. over now thankfully thankfully with community that ended up on Netflix. The season six of Community did end up on Netflix, and then I yes. do believe it it got a, a DVD release uh, for the diehards like me who want already had seasons one through five and really wanted to just throw six on their shelf as well. But yeah. yeah, a lot of other shows, a lot of newer shows specifically, don't get that lucky. But I want to stop talking about Community, and I want to start talking about <laughs> Elton John for a quick second. Yeah. Uh, do you know why I want to talk about Elton John? <laughs> I do. And I'm, I don't know, you know, for listeners, we don't really pre-talk about these episodes. So Matt and I do our independent research and we kind of, it all comes together in front of you right now. So I'm curious to see if you have found what I have found about this song, but you go first. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia, it says that this is a style parody of a song called Hercules by Elton John. And I am a pretty big Elton John fan. I actually even have the album that that song is originally on. I wasn't super familiar with it. I sat down and I listened to it. And this is the stream of thought what I wrote as I was listening to it. And yes. I wrote, I feel like calling this a style parody is pretty generous. The yes. baseline has some elements of similarity, but it's also a pretty common baseline. The Elton John song is way more chill. There are still a couple musical similarities. A cat named Hercules does sound similar to how they sing cable TV. But all in all, this feels like they're calling it a style parody for legal reasons more than it actually being the true inspiration <laughs> of the song. Yeah, 
So yes, uh, the song Hercules, which I was only vaguely familiar with, it is the last song on Elton John's Honky Chateau record yes. from uh, 1972. It's the song after Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's, which is a great song. Which I mean, is there's a great some song. great songs on that record in general. But Elton yes. John, I mean, is he's. Oh, there is just there's amazing. a good decade and a half that is like untouchable for him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's incredible. But so I found cuz there was dispute about this and I found going way back onto a Weird Al message board that I found that Bermuda Schwartz confirmed that this is indeed a style parody of Hercules, but by his own admission a style parody that went wrong. Oh, okay. That they tried for it and did not get it. And as a result, they really did not talk about it very much. This was him talking. This is archived from 2014, him talking about this online and saying that they really never wanted to say what this was because they felt like they missed it. That makes more sense because it right? really doesn't like, like I said, there's little bits and pieces where I'm like, okay, I could hear this bass line is similar. I could hear the way they say a cat like Hercules. Yeah. Hercules, yeah the the like, cat like Hercules line is very close to the love my cable TV line. So yeah. that that's close. It's obviously a very piano heavy song. So you can get that sense of Elton and his band. If you zoom out enough, you can hear some. Even the way Al sings it, he does go in that like kind of lower register that reminds he me of Elton a little register. bit. I didn't finish all of Hercules. I listened to like three minutes yeah. of it and was like, all right, I think I've heard enough to to come up with my thoughts. But even the sax solo, which I do love in the middle of cable TV, oh, yeah. feels like an Elton John sax solo. Like it feels like something that would show up in an Elton John song of that era. But yeah, I mean, this it's it's weird. This is probably the one I wrote the least amount of notes about, honestly, yeah. because lyrically, it's another one of those ones where it's like a list song for the most part. Like he talks about how he loves his cable TV. The first verse is about getting the cable TV. And then the rest of it is him just kind of listing off what he's watching on his cable TV. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's uh, it, it's and another example of in terms of just comedy and lyrics, there are a handful of lines in this song that I think are not he probably would not say now joking about midget wrestling yeah. or the Siamese faith healers network you know this is again like a time period where we've said before and there's more of this in our future as well how like you go to the 80s and sometimes like the things that are punchlines just don't like how like the concept of sushi was a punchline yeah, at a certain point in time, because it was foreign and weird, and it was like, Look, "Oh, isn't gonna... it hilarious that they eat raw fish?" I know we're getting to we're... sushi stuff. So... <laughs> Sushi's coming. We're gonna, we're gonna get into you know we've done two Al TVs and we got a third one on the way, and man, yeah. does Japan take a hit throughout? Oh boy, oh boy, it does. <laughs> and so there's the funny sense of like uh, this is very American that something being foreign, that alone is funny, <laughs> and you get a yeah. lot of that in this in this song, which I, now you're just like, I don't know what is funny about, uh, about that. Or like, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just interesting to see, like, I guess some of these things at the time would have been funny turns of phrase, but now reading it down is just like, yeah, I guess, I guess not really. W one thing I particularly enjoyed is, uh, he does the line, like, I got a satellite dish on the trunk of my car so I can watch MTV while I drive. So first of all, a nice little MTV, LTV. Obviously, he was giving some love back there, but satellite is not cable. Yeah. It's a totally different. different thing. Al, what what happened there? 
Yeah, there's a this is another one of those very rare but occasional Al failures. Clearly, Al did not put the I want a new duck effort into this song where he went to the <laughs> no, library and studied cable sure. TV to learn all the ins and outs. So how there's it worked. a line there's a line that was hyperlinked on Genius when I was looking up the lyrics on Genius that I wanted to call attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because where he may have failed on satellite TV as in cable TV, he he either accidentally stumbled into this fact or knew what he was doing. Uh, when he says Bugs Bunny direct from Atlanta. Um, and according to Genius, it says TBS, then known as the Superstation WTBS, aired Looney Tunes most commonly during this time. Atlanta refers to where TBS's station is located in the United States. Oh, okay, all right. So there you go. That's some good. Uh, he's got some. He's got some data there. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! I want to take us completely off this song for a crazy little tangent because the last, like, real line of this song before we just get into the nonstop chorus is my friends are getting kind of worried. Yeah. They think I'm turning into some kind of freak, but they're just jealous because I've seen Porky's 27 times this week. So I want to talk about Porky's for a quick second. (laughs) Have you seen the movie Porky's? You know, okay. I have seen portions. I don't think I've ever actually sat and watched the whole thing. Porky's, when I was a kid, was one of those legendary young boy movies that I was told you had to see, mostly because it has naked ladies in it. Yes. My understanding, based on what I remember and what I've heard, is that now you'd be hard-pressed to find something more problematic than Porky's. (laughs) Yeah, Porky's is pretty much the bottom of the barrel for the 80s sex comedy. Um, And I'll get into that in a second, too. But my connection with Porky's is that my dad loved those types of movies. Yeah. And he felt like it was a true passing of the torch moment when I had a birthday sleepover for my 12th birthday to rent no. Porky's. No. 
<laughs> for me and my friends to watch. No. <laughs> so that was my first experience was watching Porky's with a bunch of other 12-year-old friends whom none of their parents were given the advance notice that Porky's was Was your on dad the menu. watching it with you too? No, no, he let us watch it oh, in the he, basement. He, but oh, okay, okay. So he wasn't in the room. But he, he gifted he it to us. But I was like, my mom still brings <laughs> up where she's like, why do you think that that's acceptable to give a group of 12 year old boys without like telling their parents, hey, this is what they're going to be watching? <laughs> that's, like, I mean, that's, so again, I would say that that is was my understanding i don't i definitely was not 12 when i saw yeah. or heard about uh porky's but it was that type of a movie that's how i always heard it discussed it, was it was like um or like revenge of the nerds was another good example well, of like yeah. those types of things that got passed around was like oh if you haven't seen this one because it like looked innocent enough i think on the box yeah um that maybe your parents wouldn't notice that you were i don't know something. even even porky's the box art was an the eyeball is, popping yeah, that through is true. A, that is true <laughs> popping through true. a peephole in a girl's yeah. shower um, so Porky's to me, I, I will give, all right, I'll start by saying that I am not at all saying that there is nothing wrong with Revenge no, of the Nerds because there is that's, a lot of problematic yeah, stuff in there. But I think that Revenge of the Nerds is a better movie overall than Porky's is. I think the jokes are better. I think the characters are more fleshed out. Problematic things aside, it yeah. at least has this message about like not being ashamed of who you are, standing up sure. for yourself. If you like, there is there is some good to be mined out of Revenge of the Nerds, despite everything else. Yeah. Porky's is just straight up ninety minutes of misogynistic. Yo, we got to get laid. Like that is it's, like yeah, yeah, from yeah. from the start to the end. That is the movie. But Porky's is like it represents. To me, Porky's represents when someone is putting an idea into the ether and then everyone grasps onto the wrong thing. Um, case in point, I feel like Porky's is very much birthed out of what National Lampoon was doing with like Animal House and Caddyshack. But there is like, A, there's so much more to those movies. And B, yeah. I feel like while there is problematic elements... The writers of National Lampoons are very aware that these characters are not good people that they right. are crafting in their movies. Right. And Porky's missed every element of that satire and was just like, look at these cool ass kids peeping on the girls in the show. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I would like, say I can't I can't speak to it too much because I really don't know like I don't know anything about Porky's really aside you, from but that everything, side of it. Yeah, everything you think you know about Porky's is accurate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. There say. you go. So that's your, so your yeah, assumption I, is correct. That <laughs> like, was definitely not a great. Looking back on it now, the idea of like young, basically Al adolescent just boys being like, "This is what you got to watch," is like, oh no, 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 no. That's no. what I mean. It's <laughs> that like is not a good. Uh, that's not the right message to tell young middle school, high school boys. At the end of the day, like. Even if you take all of the problematic stuff off the table, yeah, it's just not a particularly funny movie. <laughs> like I own it because I'm like one of those people that's like I have to. If it is considered an historically important movie, mm -hmm. I will own it because I'm like I I like to consider myself a true collector, which means like sometimes you own shit that you really don't like that much, but it's like for the sake of completing the collection or. I can definitely relate to that as yeah. someone who has a lot of trauma movies in their life. I can yes. definitely relate to that. Well, that was the other thing with Porky's is if you've ever read Lloyd Kaufman's book, he has a lot of disdain for the movie Porky's specifically. Right. Because he, before trauma was a horror company, they did these like 
he called them sexy comedies. They were like comedies about yeah, squeeze play stuff like that. And he's like, these movies. He goes, you watch squeeze play. You watch like these movies that we made in the late seventies that played exclusively to the drive-in scene. Yeah. And then you watch Porky's, and it's like they just straight up stole bits from our movies and put them in a mainstream movie. Absolutely, (laughs) they did. Yeah, it's true. So it is. It's just like someone not getting the deeper meaning of other sex comedies and then just putting all of the worst elements into a 90 minute movie. Yeah. And I feel like even in 1985, Al is very aware of what Porky's represents. And like, Mm. I don't think that he is saying they're just jealous because I've watched this great movie called Porky's uh, 27 times. I think he's saying they have every right to be concerned because I am watching the bottom of the barrel scummy movie 27 times. And because that was what was on HBO and Showtime and Cinemax. It was the sleaziest films that they could get at the lowest price. Yeah. And and funny enough, this is it does hit a similar mark to This is the Life, which we just talked about, which is this like the our main character of this song is basically being like, isn't this great? And showing yes. you all of these things. And then from the listener's perspective, is like, I don't know if that is great, actually. I'm not sure that you should be as excited about this as you are. Yeah. No, I 1,000% agree. So, so yeah. Uh, another, just uh, adding on to that particular line, is um, uh, he references, he's seen Porky's 27 times this week. And the number 27 is a big Weird Al number that pops up oh, a lot right. in his songs. And I believe... Based on a little bit of research I just found, this is the first time he actually says the number 27 in a song. I have to double check because I wasn't even thinking about that. I know that there's like a reoccurring number thing with his. There's a reoccurring number thing. 27 the number of girls that walk into his room when he's got the counter above it and this is the life? I believe it is actually the number that pops up in the This is the Life Like, I think it's video. the last number that you see before it cuts to the next shot as it yep. stops in on This is the Life, Al takes dates number 26 and 27, so it cuts to that. You're exactly right. <laughs> and then the only other musical reference to it I can find that predates this, which we did not talk about, is in uh, Nature Trail to Hell, after the first chorus, he says Nature Trail to Hell 27 times. There we go. And, I mean, the most important of all, we kicked off our discussion of the Dare to be Stupid album as episode 27 on the Weird Algorithm. <laughs> hey, so. there you go. See? <laughs> it's all, we're, this is, we're, we're part of the experience. The conspiracy is real. Yeah, we'll have to see what ends up being episode 127 next. Oh, God. How much do you want to bet that the uh, the punchline guys are like, no, he got it wrong by 10. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. For those who don't know, the punchline um, guys are very into the number 37. Yes. And that pops up in their, uh, their music a lot. They have an album called 37 Everywhere, which is yeah. fantastic. I'm going to continue to keep an eye out for 27s as we go here. But uh, yeah, according to this, this is the very first time in a song he says the number 27. Gotcha. But it will not be the last. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking of like. I'm sure 27s in Albuquerque. Um, but yes, there's. I mean, the song is 13 minutes long. And there's a and there's a lot of counting in it. There's no way that it didn't make it in there. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't have that much else with cable TV, I, and which is a bummer because it's not like it's a song that I hate. It's just there. There's not a whole for a song that's four and a half minutes long. It's I long. Think, yeah, it is. There's long. not it a whole lot of lyrics. 
it's got that nature trail to hell thing where it's just like the chorus just keeps repeating towards the end. It, it, it does run for a really long time. And again, for what it's worth, if we are saying this is a style parody of Hercules in some way, Hercules is also very long. It's like over yes. five minutes long. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing that cracks me up about this is just like some of these, again, aside from some, some problematic uh, nouns that are used here. Um, some of the ideas of like the channels that he is mocking, like, can you believe there's a channel dedicated to celebrity hockey and racquetball and the news and weather from Peru, which yeah. now just by today's standards seems like, of course, if I wanted to watch the news from Peru, I could get yeah. that if I want to. Why not? Just Google it. But I loved <laughs> it, 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 this. To me, this falls under the the umbrella of dated, but in a charming way. Yes. Um, I like that he is so uh, not into how many channels are on his cable TV because it's too much, which again was just such a popular sentiment. And I think it still exists and it's very warranted today. I mean, more so now than even when this was was recorded. But um, yeah, it's such a quaint thing now for him to be uh, mocking uh, having too much entertainment (laughs) 40 years ago or whatever it was, almost 40 years ago. All right, well, I am ready to do some rankings. You ready to do some rankings here? Yeah, I think I'm ready to rank this one. All right, where are you, where are you seeing cable TV ending up on your list? Cable TV, I mean, it's going to fall towards the lower middle just because, again, it's not bad, but it's not remarkable. I mean, I'm actually going to put it lower than I thought I was. <laughs> I feel like I'm influenced by you a little bit here, but I can't resist. I'm putting it just below Got a Boogie. <laughs> Wow. I'm putting I, it in between Got a Boogie and Such a Groovy Guy. I'm putting it a little bit higher than you do. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put this still in the lower bottom. I'm going to put this below Happy Birthday, but above That Boy Could Dance. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. The only reasoning for that is that I actually do remember that I liked That Boy Could Dance, mm-hmm. but I can't hum it. I You tell me about, you say, hey, sing any line of that boy could dance and you will just get a blank stare from me but say hey you remember that song jimmy the geek yeah but you say (laughs) do you remember the song cable tv and it's like me and my cable tv like it's like i at least have like the chorus in my head yeah that's fair that's fair that's the only um, that's the only piece (laughs) i i'm the thing that i'm most fascinated by and i'm really happy i found before this episode is the idea of this being a sort of a failed style parody. Yeah. That's something I'm going to keep a really close eye out for. Shout out, I don't know if he listens to this show, but shout out to Bermuda Schwartz, who has been incredible over the years at documenting this sort of stuff and posting it online. Like, the amount of reference, and Al himself has done a lot of Q&As online and has talked to people and answered questions very candidly about, like, his entire career. Yeah. So there's a lot of information out there, but it's very scattered, And some of it is like, I really, I was like combing through forums to find information about this song. I I, I love the idea of trying for a style parody and feeling like you didn't quite get there. And so then just making, saying it's an original. Yeah. This cannot be the only example of that. No, there's got to be. So we're definitely going to keep an eye out for more of these because I I love the idea of like, it only makes me appreciate when he absolutely nails the style parody more. You know what I mean? Like. When he absolutely destroys it, then you're like, oh, man, that's like it shows you how hard it is to actually do this right. One hundred percent. I am. I am going to keep an open ear for that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right. Well, then next week we wrap up Dare to be Stupid.
you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.